Swinet. It's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry, one that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms. Here you will have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket. The true upper critical temperature of our modern sow that's nursing 14 pigs is, is right at 18 degrees C and it may even be cooler than 18 C. Anyone that runs their farrowing house higher than 18 C is already slightly overheating the sow. Swinet Podcast is only possible with the support of forward-looking and innovative sponsors like Elanco's Prevacent, a new PERS Spective. Visit prevacentprrs.us to learn more. NutriQuest, expert serving producers and delivering breakthrough solutions. Genesis, the first power in genetics. Zinpro, essential trace minerals, exceptional performance. Every pig, a simple yet powerful pig health and production management tool. Just all, always one step ahead in swine feeding. Welcome to Swine Eat Podcast. My name is Marcia Gonçalves, your host for today's episode. This episode's sponsor highlight is about Zinpro. Since 1971, Zinpro Corporation has focused on one thing, trace mineral nutrition. As the most research-proven organic feed trace mineral products in the industry, Zinpro Performance Minerals deliver performance and profitability to swine operations around the globe. To know more, go to zinpro.com. Hello, everyone. Today, we have Dr. Alan Shinko from the Purdue University, and uh, he's going to talk about sow cooling strategies. And with that, uh, thanks, Dr. Shinko, again for, for your time here today. You're welcome. Uh, if you could, Dr. Shinko, walk us through your background and, and your career so far before we jump into the, the technical aspect. Well, I grew up on a uh, multi-species, now considered smaller farm in eastern Iowa, mm-hmm. actually about three miles north of the Walkett IED Exchange. Uh, pigs, cattle, even had a few ducks and chickens, mm-hmm. and um, grew up uh, doing 4-H went to Iowa State in animal sciences, mm-hmm. and uh, then went on and got a master's and PhD in genetics from University of Nebraska. Very nice. I've been here at Purdue in extension, research, and teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, swine, I um, teach a 500-level genetics course, I teach swine production, and I teach a one credit, 500 level swine growth modeling class. Interesting. Yeah, very diverse. That's very cool. And uh, so, yeah, from from the sow cooling strategy standpoint, um, do we have any idea? And and uh, I know you mentioned uh, previously that's a bit hard to uh, to estimate the economic impact of uh, heat stressing sows. Do we have any do we have any measures of that today? Well, one estimate that I found heat stress in pigs in the United States total, which includes growth in shand sows, mm-hmm. approaches about a billion dollars. Wow. On the sow side, it is a matter of how much the sows are heat stress and under extreme heat stress, you can have an increased mortality rate right before, during, and after fowling. Mm-hmm. 
you'll have decreased intake, decreased weaning weights, and increased number of days from weaning to estrus, mm-hmm. smaller subsequent litter sizes. And most producers know that they need to approximately double the size of their gilt pool when it starts getting in the upper 80s, lower 90s um, for some of the temperatures in the time of farrowing and time of breeding. Right, because of the farrowing rate reduction? The farrowing rate's going to go down, the number of sows you detect in heat goes down, the size of the gilt pool increases, mm-hmm. you'll be mating a lot of sows with a lower conception rate, lower subsequent litter size, and then you'll be calling more sows because you just don't detect them in heat, especially if it's a prolonged summer. Interesting. Very nice. So from um, you've been doing a lot of research on, on that, that area of sow cooling strategies. Uh, so what would be those uh, latest strategies for cooling sows? Okay, we have developed a cooling pad that is very effective at cooling sows, but other pads that have been developed in the past would use like steel pipes and uh, put steel pipes into concrete. Mm-hmm. And it actually turns out you want a cooling pad that has a low heat capacitance. It doesn't really store heat, mm-hmm. but will transfer heat, excess heat from the sow into the cooling water as efficiently and effectively as possible. Mm-hmm. And the materials that transfer heat most efficiently are aluminum and copper. Interesting. So we have a, a copper plate that that is stamped on the top so it's not smooth, a tread plate, and then there's a patented thermofin that attaches the copper pipes that's made out of aluminum and attaches the copper pipe snap into. But we can cool down sows depending upon the temperature, using about a quarter of a liter to three-quarters of a liter of water per minute. Interesting. Where the, where the water would be around 17C coming in. Okay. If we, on the more advanced pads that we've just completed work on, we go to electronic controls of flushing water. And, and you've got to understand, at first we did a lot of what we call bench testing, Mm-hmm. But we had an artificial towel, mm-hmm. which is about a 50-gallon tank of water on top of the pad with a rubberized kind of lower belly. And then we had a water heater that would heat the water at 37 to 38C. Mm-hmm. And then we looked at different flushing. But if we, if we can either can have the pads flush on the set temperature of mm-hmm. the base of the aluminum sheet... Mm-hmm. Or we can have kind of a uh, control the timing of how often we flush the pads. But in that case, we let the water temperature rise, Mm -hmm. absorb the heat from the animal, and then we flush and replace the water. And and the pipes hold about 1.75 liters of water. Mm -hmm. So we flush two liters of water. If we use a flushing technique, we reduce the amount of water that's needed by another 50%. Interesting. Hmm. And and um, if I recall correctly, um, you've seen a lot of change, right? From a, at least from a respiratory rate and, and, and a 
a few other things, right? Yes, and and um, I had a former student, Francisco Cabazon, mm-hmm. who um, was very self-motivated, but we took a lot of respiration rate, skin temps, and rectal temps. And when we start a trial, we'll have 12 cells maybe in this room, and we'll go around every 20 minutes. But we have heated rooms to 35, and sometimes they've crept up to 36C. And the sows that are on the cooling pad at 0.6 to 0.7 liters per minute are absolutely comfortable with a respiration rate of 24 to 26. The sows not on on a cooling pad that's a control or a control powering crate at that same temperature have a respiration rate of around 110. And... uh so we can actually, with that seven-tenths of a liter per minute, which is a very slow flow rate, mm-hmm. uh, cool the animal down as if it's absolutely thermal neutral. Skin temp, rectal temp, and respiration rate. If we up the water to about 1.1, 1.2 liters per minute, we can actually even overchill the animal, hmm. even if the animal is at 36 C. Wow. We did it once and put the pad at 1.4 liter, and the animal was moving from one side to the other side as it cooled down one side of its body to the other side of the body. And so um, we can also estimate how much heat we're removing. The pad is two foot wide, four foot long. Mm-hmm. A large sow completely covers the pad. Mm-hmm. And we have the, we know the inlet temperature. We have thermal couple in the water flow. We have the outlet temperature, we know the flow rate, but we have removed more than 550 watts of heat from the animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the animal the animal only is producing about 500 watts, so we actually can have an animal that is overheated and remove its, lower its body temperature by one, one and a half degrees centigrade, and then bring its respiration rate absolutely back down within about 35 to 40 minutes time. Wow. Now, that 520 watts is more than four times that heat removal than you can have with steel pipes in concrete. Four times. Because steel pipes in concrete is just not an effective uh, transfer of heat from the snow into the water. Mm-hmm. Did did you uh, did you observe any change in feed intake or winning weight at all? In our one trial that we did, we only had the animals heated to 30, 32C during the day and 27C at night. Mm-hmm. We saw a 13% increase in feed intake. Wow! Did did that translate to uh, winning weight? Now the other thing you have the other thing you have to remember is that. The upper critical, true upper critical temperature of our modern sow that's nursing 14 pigs is is right at 18 degrees C, and it may even be cooler than 18 C. Anyone that runs their farrowing house higher than 18 C is already slightly overheating the sow. So uh, producers at the beginning of farrowing, running their farrowing house at 23, 24, 25 C, the sow is the modern sow is already overheated, mm-hmm. um, and and then of course in the summer months when the room gets to be twenty five, twenty six, and higher temperatures, um, the animal is that additionally 
overheated. Right. Now, um, we have a team of people working on this heat stress physiology area from a swine nutrition management standpoint, a reproductive standpoint, a heat stress physiology, animal well-being standpoint. And we work with a USDA person, Jay Johnson, and we started doing work with indirect calorimetry with the sows. Mm-hmm. But a typical sow on a hot summer day, by the time she's panting around 70 to 80 breaths a minute, mm-hmm. has already reduced her heat production by at least 40 to possibly 50%. Oh, wow. Now, by the time she's panting, she's using energy to pant. Right. So what, what's happened? She shut down her digestion, mm. shunted blood to her skin, and shut down milk production by 70 to 80%. Oh, wow. So during the hottest part of the day, the sows have absolutely shut down milk production. And if you listen real close, the pigs suddenly become very hungry in the middle of the day. Hmm. Then when it finally cools down later in the evening and at night, the sows switch around their feed intake, eat more at night, and start producing more milk again at night. Mm-hmm. So we quickly realize that the sows are very dynamic, and um, once the sow starts overheating, you see a sow panting at 60, 70, 80 breaths a minute. She already has substantially decreased her milk production at that specific moment in time. Very interesting. Wow. Did, did you see changes in winning weight or, or not? Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, we uh, the last small trial we did, we saw both a 13% increase in feed intake and 13% increase in weaning weights. Oh wow! wow. The other people that had the um, cooling paths with the steel pipes and concrete also saw those type of advantages. Even though the the hottest part of the day they got the rooms to was 28C. Mm. So we've not done any research, you know, smack dab in the middle of the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we think that with the cooling pads, essentially we would have the same feed intakes and same weaning weights as you would have um, if the sow was absolutely thermal neutral. Wow. So can uh, is it available today for, for producers or, or not yet? What's the status of them? Well, we have, we have signed a number of... N- NDAs with companies who want to manufacture them mm-hmm. by the hundreds. Mm-hmm. And wow. then once those pads start getting built by the hundreds and by the thousands, then we will be running SBIR grants and doing trials to show their use on, uh, we call them beta testing swine farms. And we have a number of swine farms that raised their hands and said that we want <laughs> to, uh, Want to be the first ones to have them, and we would probably, you know, do a farm in Indiana and do a farm in Oklahoma and do a farm in North Carolina kind of situation. Mm. Wow! And and then look at their change in performance over, you know, over a year period of time. Very nice. Is it? Uh, so we're we talking here in the next year or so, or or more. In, in the next year or so. Okay. Wow. And. Um, Purdue owns the patents and 
the biggest thing slowing it down is discussion between lawyers. Ah, okay. <laughs> Unsurprisingly. <laughs> Very good. Um, wow. Any Anything else on, on this topic, Dr. Schinkel, from cooling strategies uh, specifically or in general as well? Anything that you would recommend today as well for producers? And There is one thing that, that is kind of the struggle here is that with our increased litter size, the baby pigs want it warmer and warmer. And producers, some of them are, are looking at, what well, can we keep the farming house 72 degrees or 73 degrees or 74 degrees? And, and that's becoming increasingly too warm for the south. And, and there are papers that the modern south today produces 55 to 70% more heat than the south did of the mid-1980s. Mm. Wow. And whether it's high lean game pigs and grow finish or it's high milk production in sows, um, growth and milk production produces heat. Mm-hmm. Now, the next areas that we're going to be starting to do research on uh, is with Dr. Kara Stewart and we're going and, and Jay Johnson again with a heat stress physiologist will be mm. uh, gestating gilts and sows that are just fed at about 125% maintenance, and then also uh, doing trials with boars at 32C and 35C. And then we will expose the animals to heat, and um, with the boars, it will be uh, a matter then of looking at their semen quality out the first seven weeks after the heat stress. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And is that that one happening next year? That will be happening in um, next year. In fact, the first week in January, we'll be doing the gestating gilts. Mm-hmm. And then next, we'll quickly look at that data and look at what is the optimal cooling for an animal that's being fed, you know, at 350 pounds, 125% maintenance, and then make a decision what's going to be the optimal um, strategy for the boars. Okay. But with the boars, it's a matter that once you heat stress them, you affect their semen seven weeks out. So you have to uh, heat stress them, measure their semen over seven weeks, reassign them to treatments, and do it again. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Very nice. Celebrating its 25th anniversary, Gestal manufactures the original wireless standalone swine feeding system designed by pork producers for pork producers. They are simple, reliable, and provide peace of mind 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Gestal is not just manufactured by an equipment company, but by a family pork production business with a slat level understanding. Gestal, always one step ahead in swine feeding. It is time to our famous three. Uh, I guess we can transition to um, to our three questions, Dr. Shinko, that we ask every guest, every episode. And the first one is, what's your favorite swine-related book? I would have to say it's NRC 2012, but uh, mm-hmm. um, 
some of the data in there as far as the growth curves, retopamine curves is, is my data, but I use that right. as my textbook for the uh, one credit graduate level um, swine growth modeling and nutritional requirements uh, course that I teach. Nice. Very good. Yeah, I love the NRC as well. Um, okay, and then how about a book or, or resource uh, in general outside of pig production? Well, I would say I'm a studier of the Bible, and that, and that's been lifelong. And then I have another book that I like mm-hmm. that was given to me by the author mm-hmm. as she came and talked and spoke to one of our pork interest group meetings. Mm-hmm. But it's No More Food Fights. Oh. It's by Michelle Payne Knoper, and um, it's it's a book on how, in current agriculture, we need to defend current livestock production, mm-hmm. hmm. and um, and how we're going to uh, have to take a more active role in defending livestock production in the United States. Right. That is interesting. I was not aware of that book. That book is copyrighted 2013. Very good. And then the last question is, uh, what separates uh, successful swine professionals from those that are not, uh, in your opinion? Well, a successful swine professional has to have an attitude of, uh, of being uh, a little bit open-minded, mm-hmm. of uh, being willing to continue to learn, to accept that pigs change, people mm-hmm. change. Right. And uh, I think that another successful thing is the art of being a, a the soft skills of working with people and being a I would call a maybe a soft leader mm-hmm. in that um, you you listen to people you gain the respect of people and you lead without you know necessarily an iron fist and and your authority mm-hmm. but actually really interacting with people. Interesting. Very, very good. Now that that makes total sense. Um, type of leadership. Very nice. Very good. Um, I appreciate your time, Dr. Shinko. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you in the in the podcast and uh, you know discuss about this very important topic of uh, trying to cool our cells in in the summer and also in some areas of the the globe that's pretty hot year round yes thanks so much you're welcome hey guys and girls thank you so much for being part of our community as well as thanks for all the great guests that we have had i hope you enjoy this podcast as much as i do to be part of our email list and get some exclusive materials go to our website www.swinet.com that's swineit.com and subscribe to our email list. Also, we love feedback. So if you use the Apple Podcasts app, please leave us a review. It is much appreciated. We'll talk soon.